Actually, Christina has only made this podcast to gain enough popularity for everyone to <laughs> see her one-woman show of Moulin Rouge. Welcome back to August After Dark. Ooh, oh my gosh. Confirmation, I'll never be sexy enough to perform at a nightclub. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know what I was thinking the other day? We never, like, consistently say our names. So anyone who hasn't listened from, like, the beginning oh, shout out luck. might not yeah. even know <laughs> who's who. I'm Christina. This is Mariah. <laughs> Um, yeah, welcome back to August After Dark. We hope you enjoyed our first steamy episode. We have a very exciting second episode in store for you. Yes, this is a movie Christina has been wanting to do yes. for so long. Movie I had never seen before. Yeah, this is actually the movie that inspired this whole theme month because you were like, I want to do Boulan Rouge. And I was oh, like, yeah. That's the best thing that anyone has ever said to me in my life. <laughs> so yeah, this was this was the inspiration. Yes. So today we present to you the spectacular, spectacular <laughs> Moulin Rouge. Uh, Is it 2010? No, it's like 2001. Oh Jesus. <laughs> oh fuck. I'm thinking of the last movie we did, I guess. Yes, yeah. This is my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. If you go on my Letterboxd, follow me on Letterboxd. We can be friends. We'll be mutuals. It's IDK Christina. And um, if you go on my Letterboxd, it is my number one of my favorite of my top four favorite films. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect with this one, but it definitely – I was, like, enthralled. Mm -hmm. I was like, what's happening? What's up? It's giving me Les Mis vibes, but mm. not as, like, dark throughout – like, there was actually, like, some joy in it and stuff. Well, I should yeah. save my synopsis to the end. But, <laughs> yeah, point is I, I really liked it, so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very polarizing movie mm -hmm. with Boz Lerman because his style is so specific. Certainly. You know, it's a lot of really fast jump cuts. There's lots going on. It mm -hmm. can be very overwhelming. So, like, a lot of people really hate it. I totally get it. It's not for everyone. Do you know if Romeo and Juliet is in the same style? Very similar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't seen that one, so. It's also very good. Um, it's very fast paced. It can be overwhelming. It doesn't overwhelm mm -hmm. me just because I've seen this movie six million times. I feel like I know every single beat of it, but totally understand people that don't like it. Mm -hmm. But then there are also people like me who love it. It's really a love it or you hate it type of thing. Totally. We did find out that. On Broadway, there's a new Satine, Natalie Mendoza. Yes. Who was um, China Doll, right, in the original. Yeah, she was uh, one of the featured dancers in the movie, mm -hmm. which is pretty insane. Very full circle. I did not see the Broadway production, although I was super excited. I had always planned to see it because yeah. I actually tweeted in 2015, I believe, how Moulin Rouge is not on Broadway astounds me. And just a, a few short <laughs> three years later, there it was. But I don't think I can go see it because I think it will just it will just upset me because I know the movie too well. Yeah, I'm too much of a purist. I listened to a couple of the tracks 
on Spotify when they released the cast album. I don't love the changes that they made. It just it, it just doesn't sit right with me. So I don't think I can go see it. But a lot of people really love it. Say it's a great show. Yeah. But when I was in college, I actually did sing songs from this movie in my voice class Mm -hmm. because one of our assignments was to pick a role in musical theater that we would never be able to play either because like we weren't right for it or like the wrong age or whatever, just like a role you'll never get to do. And Moulin Rouge was not yet on Broadway, but it was in rehearsals. And I was like, this will be a real musical soon. So she was like, okay. So I sang One Day I'll Fly Away and Come What May by myself just as a as a solo cool um but it was great I, I got to have my satine moment in the sun i think you could play a satine i do not think i could pull off this role i think that you have sex appeal you could totally i've seen you wear like a satiny silky robe for a halloween costume i'm like yeah same vein that's true i don't know i don't know if i could pull off uh, the the dying of you know tb look <sighs> Yeah, you'd have to like go into hibernation mode and make sure your skin stayed pale. Oh yeah, I would not be able to leave the home uh, or mm-hmm. eat really. So oh yeah, you could I do know. the um that Anne Hathaway diet when she was like oh god doing lemons and she's like I just had like water with lemon and cayenne pepper. I was like, this should be illegal. Oh yeah, how is this not illegal? It's insane to me. People are like, wow, so dedicated to the craft. And I'm like, what so other job? To like yeah. Are you starving yourself to do a good Fucking job? Killing yourself. That's that's a whole other very long conversation. <laughs> yeah. About the industry. Um I also did make Mo watch the famous oh, yeah. Tessa and Scott 2018 Olympic routine. I almost cried watching that. Oh, routine. I cry every time <sighs> I watch it. <laughs> it is so beautiful. Who I I hope that it was their idea to do this. Like I hope they mm-hmm. were like you know, we've always wanted to do this because mm-hmm. you said they were skating together since like high school. Since they were kids. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like so palpable, both like the joy that they had mm-hmm. performing together, the love, the admiration for each other, the like sadness at the end when it looks like she like collapses in his arms pretty much like, yeah. i.e. the end of the performance. Yeah. In Moulin Rouge, I was like... <gasps> Oh, yeah. I have goosebumps just thinking about it now. Listeners, if you have not seen this, I'm going to need you to pause this episode real quick, mm-hmm. open up YouTube, just type in Tessa and Scott Moulin Rouge 2018 Olympics and uh, enjoy. You're welcome. Prepare to get your mind blown. <laughs> yeah, it's it's incredible. It's shocking to me that they're not together. I feel like that way about most figure skating couples, though. Yeah. I'm like, the chemistry is off the fucking charts here. There has to be so much trust there, too. Oh, yeah, to get tossed around with sharp objects on your feet. It's pretty insane. Yeah, we also saw some alternate casting options. They were tossing around Jake Gyllenhaal, Heath Ledger, for Christian and then Catherine Zeta Jones, Courtney Love, whose music they put in the show. The awkward <laughs> moment when they're like, actually, we won't cast you. Can we use that song? Though? Can we use Smells Like Teen Spirit, please? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Got a little Kate Winslet, Hillary Swank, Renee Zellweger, Drew Barrymore, Natalie Mendoza. I was like pretty adamant. I was like, yeah, Jake Chill and Hall could be Christian. Christina was like, 
stop typing. <laughs> well, I was just like, <laughs> there's something about him I don't trust. I don't know what it is, but I trust Ewan McGregor as Christian. Like, I feel like yeah. he totally wins me over from like the first moment he's on screen. He's just such like a innocent, youthful. He does have that hopeful quality. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a slight edge to Jake Gyllenhaal that I don't buy him as being that like full of wonder and like yeah. you know and then when it came out yesterday that he doesn't <laughs> shower I was like I knew I didn't trust this man for a reason yeah that's pretty <laughs> rough it's pretty rough out here why are these celebrities just freely offering up this information who's asking I, I need Nobody's celebrities asking. to stop giving advice like yeah confirmed it's a fucking weird behavior but yeah I think Ewan McGregor, I think, was absolutely the correct choice. Mm -hmm. I love his chemistry with Nicole. Like, I think that they are such a great duo. Amazing. I was going to say, could see Kate Winslet, you Mm -hmm. know, doing Satine, but I think it would just be different. Yeah. And I I could see Catherine Zeta-Jones doing it as well. Oh, she'd be so, like... So sultry. The thing is, she's so beautiful. I don't know if I could buy that she was dying. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you look so full You're glowing. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, the the chemistry is so important in this movie because it is so grand and extreme and extravagant. If the chemistry is not there and it's not somewhat grounded, Mm -hmm. I think that the movie just, like, flies off the rails. I think if Ewan didn't play Christian as genuine as he does, I think it could come off very, very weird. So I think they struck just the right balance. Christian is the narrator, Mm -hmm. but he is the most grounded character. Like you said, he's like a very honest performance and Mm -hmm. he needed to juxtapose the rest of the ensemble Mm -hmm. in order for the narrative to like make sense. Absolutely. And also like I am only now thinking about this, but like he came from a different world than Mm -hmm. like – Toulouse and his actors and Ziedler and the Moulin Rouge. So it makes sense that he's not acting like them. Yeah. Yeah. He is very much uh, an outsider that is able to bond through, uh, you know, the similarities of their belief in their bo- the bohemian ideals. Yeah. So that's like the, the common thread that they have. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so excited to dive in. Yes. But before we do, mm-hmm. we have four new reviews to talk about. So first up, we have a lovely review from Lainey. Obviously, we stalked you on Instagram. Had to. Had to. You look like you're having a very fun summer. You have a really cool, kind of chilled vibe. Mm-hmm. Seems like you like to spend a little bit of time outdoors this summer. So we decided to go with a Cheryl Crow classic. Soak up the sun. Uh, love that one. Yeah. It is a summer song to the end. Absolutely. They're like driving with the top down. Yes. There's scenic woods around you. Mm-hmm. You're with your friends. You're singing along to this song. Just heading off onto a great summer day. Yes. The next review we have is Katie's. Um, Katie, we did chat in the DMs and you mentioned pretty big Avril stan. So we love to see it. Yeah, we do. I <laughs> yeah. Do I still listen to Let Go? Yeah. I Absolutely. Do. So we decided to choose I'm with you, a more, you know, of a ballad, a softer mm. number. 
But I think that's like the part of your movie montage where you're like, you're realizing things. You're maybe mm-hmm. you're forging a new connection. You're showing someone that you're supportive of them and they're supportive of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're digging deeper. Yeah, you're being vulnerable for the first time. Oh my gosh, so emotional. I know. Next up, we have a review from Ash. Thank you so much for your kind words. We going off your review, you're like, okay, we love to talk about the quirks, the zany, ridiculous moments. We were like, oh, let's go with something like a little bit fun, a little bit upbeat. A weird thing about the 2000s was the insane amount of uh, grouped musical acts. Certainly. Yes. And so we decided to go with Upside Down by A-Teens. Personally, I'm seeing this as a getting ready montage Mm. on the way to a party. Yeah. A la 13 going on 30. Like you're in the walk-in closet. You're picking out your moment. You're getting ready for the big party scene. I love that. And our last review for this week is from Aiden, someone I actually know. We went to high school together. They're such a lovely human, just super kind, um, really positive. And for you, we picked James Morrison's You Give Me Something. It's like a really sweet, I don't know, I guess it's like a little like love song. A little jazzy. There's some mm-hmm. horns in there. Very much like... The song that's playing at the romantic date with your with your love interest. Yeah, yeah. You're connecting. You're falling in love. Uh, when I was a kid, I actually would listen to this song and be like, I will dance to this at my wedding. Oh, shit. So now I like have to because I thought that for years and years. I do still like the song, but yeah. yeah. Catch me dancing to this on my wedding day. Awesome. Thank you all so much for the kind words yeah um there were a couple we didn't get to but we're gonna do four or five each episode so you will absolutely be coming up if you weren't you know given a song today it's been so so rewarding to read all of your reviews they're so sweet it totally makes our day we appreciate every review every dm Mm -hmm. it means a lot to us so thank you so much for your support thank you guys And now, shall we be lowered right onto the stage and begin? Absolutely. So the opening of the movie is a character who we later find out is Toulouse, singing Nature Boy in black and white, like old, old-timey film. We see this windmill. We see Christian. We zoom in from Paris to Marmont. And we are set in 1900. So in Marmont, if you've ever been to France now, it's like kind of like the Brooklyn of France. Yeah. So that's just to give you an idea. It's like hipster and like artistic Mm -hmm. and like gay. Yeah. So in Marmont, a sad writer sits down at a typewriter. Keep this phrase in your memory, okay? The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. A simple sentence. Yeah. That will have so much gravitas. Okay. Absolutely. So we travel to the Moulin Rouge, the titular venue of this movie. It's a nightclub, a dance hall, a bordello, ruled over by Harold Ziedler, who at first I was like, you're going to be evil. Oh, really? Yeah. Because he was like, 
at Botello, ruled over by Harold Seedler and his diamond <laughs> dogs. I was like, <gasps> holy shit. Um, oh my gosh. But it's like a kingdom of nighttime pleasures. So we got like the rich and powerful men in like white gloves and top hats mm. coming to play with the beautiful creatures of the underworld. And we are informed that the most beautiful of all these creatures is the woman who the narrator loved, Satine, a courtesan. She sold her love to men. They called her the sparkling diamond. And she was the star of the Moulin Rouge. The woman I loved is dead. <gasps> and that's just the opening. It just, it hooks you right in. Mm-hmm. And then he says, one year ago today, and we <laughs> rewind to the summer of 1899. We hear in Christian's voiceover, he talks about how the world had been swept up in the Bohemian Revolution, and he had traveled all the way from London to be a part of it. He went to Montmartre, the village of sin, according to his father, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the center of the bohemian world where artists came to live a penniless existence and Christian came to write about four things and four things only, truth, beauty, freedom, and that which he believed above all things, love. <gasps> Except... <gasps> He's never been in love. Oh my gosh. This man moved from London to fucking Paris and he's never been in love. <laughs> to Brooklyn, Paris. Yeah. To, to Brooklyn, love. Paris. <laughs> and we get our first very quick jump cut. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, an unconscious Argentinian man fell through his ceiling. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so Christian gets swept up in meeting his upstairs neighbors. They're a theater troupe and they're rehearsing their play. Spectacular, spectacular. Yes. Toulouse is a little endearing theater leader. Yeah. Good old uh, John Leguizamo just <laughs> being adorable. <laughs> um, it turns out that their lead, the Argentinian, has narcolepsy. Crazy. And they're like, who can we get to read this part? We have to finish rehearsing so we can put it together for the financier tomorrow so what happens oh christian hop in (laughs) just jump into the scene so they start rehearsing spectacular spectacular they're singing the hills are alive with the sound of music yeah the lyrics that they're using are the hills animate with the euphonious symphonies of death oh my gosh (laughs) okay it was hard to like understand what they were saying so i was like yeah. Um they're not they're not doing too hot. Yeah. Basically the musical isn't working. Audrey, the director, gets super pissed. They start picking a fight with Satir, who's the piano player. They try like tossing around some alternate lyrics, but Christian off the top of his fucking head is like hey what about this the hills are alive (laughs) with the sound of music music. (laughs) just the clear as day yeah beautiful singing voice voice rings out like a bell seriously and it's perfect they love it and Toulouse is like why don't you write the show with Audrey Audrey quits immediately. <laughs> Goodbye. Slams door. Goodbye. Slams the door. I only found out this year because I only watched Lord of the Rings for the first time last year. Mm-hmm. For any of our Lord of the Rings fans out there, Audrey is played by the same guy who plays Faramir in Lord of the Rings, which is pretty wild if you've seen the movie. <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> He's transformed in this role. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 
So Audrey's gone. Mm-hmm. They're super excited to have Christian on board. He's like, what the fuck is happening? But then they're like, oh, I don't know if Zidler is going to go for an unknown writer. Mm -hmm. So they hatch this plan to dress him up in like a nice tux, pass him off as a famous English writer. And once Satine has heard his modern poetry, she'll convince Zidler for them. So Christian freaks out. He's hearing his dad's voice in his head saying that, you know, he's going to end up wasting his life away at the Moulin Rouge with a can-can dancer. And he's like, I can't do this. I'm not a true bohemian revolutionary. And he's trying <laughs> to climb back into his apartment. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. But do you believe in beauty, freedom, truth, and love? Ah, those are the four things he came here to write oh about. Oh my god, <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> He's like, love, I believe in love above all things. Love is like oxygen. Love is a many slender thing. Love lifts us up where we belong. All you need is love. Man is off a bean right now. Yeah. And Toulouse is like, you are the voice of the children of the revolution. Ah. And they all celebrate with absinthe. Oh, my God. And they get fucked up. Yeah. And the children of the revolution plays... Kylie Minogue comes out of the cut as a green fairy hallucination. I'm the green fairy. I was like, I don't know if I can watch this. I'm like, it feels like I'm high right now. Um, Yeah. But they're just talking about freedom, beauty, truth, and love. And they get dressed up and they're going to exact their plan at the Moulin Rouge. Oh, yeah. When I watched this as a kid, because I truly have very, very few memories of like a life before this movie because I've been watching it since 2001. Like Like five years old. Yeah, literally. I don't know what my mother was thinking, but (laughs) (laughs) anything that was inappropriate pretty much just went over my head. But yeah, I had no idea what this was for years. I was just like, oh, the, a fairy is there. Okay, whatever. And then I learned as I grew up what absinthe was. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh. I've never it, had a true it. absinthe. I don't think it's legal here. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think you can get like actual absinthe in, in the no. U.S. I've had like some absinthe cocktails, but like, you know. I think it's just like licorice yeah. liquor or whatever. They're like, it's green. Drink it. <laughs> so they go to the Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. We see Zidler's girls, as they're called, the Diamond Dogs. So the Diamond Dogs start walking out, strutting, dancing to Lady Marmalade. Impeccable. Amazing. The dancers are doing their thing. It's also a mashup with Smells Like Teen Spirit. Zidler is conducting the show. The women traipse around. He's basically giving us the lay of the land of the Moulin Rouge. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Like, truly a standout performance from him. Yeah, absolutely. He then cues the can-can dancers. They break out into this huge dance number. Christian is just, like, awestruck, totally overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So the theater troupe plus Christian, they get themselves a little table. They're like... Don't worry, we're going to get your meeting with Satine. Mm -hmm. The room goes black, and we hear, The French are glad to die for love. As Satine (laughs) descends from the ceiling on a swing, absolutely dripping in diamonds. Oh, yeah. And Christian's voiceover tells us that Satine was supposed to meet someone else 
that night. Mm. Zidler's investor, the Duke. So Satine sings diamonds are a girl's best friend. The men are going crazy. They're drooling. They're foaming at the mouth. Mm. Um, They're offering her money and jewelry. The Duke asks when he will be able to meet Satine. And Zidler's like, I've set up a meeting for you after this number. You'll get to be completely alone. Meanwhile, um, Toulouse tells Christian that he set up a meeting between him and Satine for them to be completely alone. (laughs) So you can see where things are starting to go awry. Yes. Yes. Satine is lifted in the air and also like crowd surfs to the stage. Oh, yeah. She's giving a lot to the audience. She's like an amazing performer. Yeah. And Nicole Kidman didn't really sing before this role. So she took like a lot of lessons. That's insane. And she sounds great. Really great voice. So as this performance is continuing on, Zidler gets on stage with Satine. You know, they're dancing around and they're kind of whispering to each other, chatting about what's happening. Mm -hmm. So she's like, is the Duke here? Where is he? And he's like, looks over and sees that Toulouse has like spilled his drink on the Duke accidentally. So he's trying to get it off with his hanky. Zidler's like, oh, he's the man that Toulouse is shaking his hanky at. But when she turns to look, Toulouse has grabbed Christian and is trying to get a hanky from him. So she mistakes Christian for the Duke. Oh, no. And so the other can-can dancers surround Satine and Zidler so she can do a quick change. So they're like behind all their fabulous can-can skirts. And she's like, do you think the Duke will infest? And he's like, absolutely. After one night with you, how could he refuse? So she's like, okay, what's his type? Should I do wilting flower? Hmm, bright and bubbly or smoldering temptress. And these are all accompanied by very apt um, sound effects. Yes. It's like a smoldering temptress. (laughs) (laughs) So Ziedler says smoldering temptress and tells her that they are relying on her to get this investment done. And Satine also really wants this to happen for her because she wants to be a real actress. Oh, yeah. I don't know if we explained, but the investment is for him to invest in Toulouse's show. Yeah. Spectacular, spectacular. And they want to do renovations to turn the Moulin Rouge into a real theater. So it's a really big opportunity for everyone. Mm -hmm. Finally, they emerge from the quick change. Satine looks fucking amazing. Yeah. And goes straight for Christian. She's like already trying to like seduce him she's shaking the heart-shaped diamond on her crotch wait yeah at him i remember the heart-shaped diamond i did not realize it was yeah truly right right (laughs) there she's just like hello (laughs) so that's happening then Satine tries to pull Christian up on stage but being a little green to this whole experience he's like Mm -hmm. no 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 so Satine like does like a little bit. She's like, oh, and the men in the crowd cheer her on and she pulls Christian out of his chair and onto the dance floor. On the dance floor, Rhythm of the Night is playing. They're doing this huge, like elaborate dance number. Everybody's all partnered up. And Satine tells Christian how happy she is that he's taken an interest in their little show. And he's like, oh, I'd be delighted to be involved, assuming you like what I do. And she's like, I'm sure I will. And there's lots of innuendos here about doing it in private because he thinks they're trying to have a meeting. She thinks he's one of her clients. 
And he's like, you know, maybe we could do a, a private poetry reading. And she's like, oh, poetry. Oh, I love a little poetry after supper. <laughs> the music swells. All the men throw their hats in the air. And we have this great wide shot where you see the Eiffel Tower Mamar in the background, and you just see the hats flying up above the Moulin Rouge. It's very cute. Satine gets back in her swing. She is finishing up Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. She's about to sing the last note when she gasps. <gasps> we see our first foreshadowing shot mm. of her imminent death. She falls off the swing into the crowd. Yes. Thankfully, she's caught and carried backstage. Ziedler totally brushes it under the rug. He's like, yes. Yeah. And he like claps. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, Satina's carried unconscious into the back and Ziedler gets the signal that she's like done for the night. So he tells the crowd that they've scared her off and just steers them in the direction of the other dancers. Meanwhile, backstage, Marie, who is like, I don't totally know what her job just like stage hand. Yeah, she's like a caretaker for the ladies. Yeah, yeah. She revives Satine with some smelling salts, and Zidler comes in, kind of, you know, tells all the other dancers to head back onto the floor. He asks if this is a problem, and Maria's like, it's nothing you need to worry about. She's dying. Yeah, she begins <sighs> to come to, but she is fully coughing up blood. Mm -hmm. Not looking too good. No. So after the show, the Duke sends his henchmen to find Ziedler. Marie helps Satine into her gown. She says that the Duke has really taken to her um, and that she could be the next Sarah Bernhard. Mm. And they're just really excited. They're like gabbing about this opportunity. Satine like looks into the mirror and she's like, I want to be a real actress and fly far, far away from here. So Ziedler comes in to check on her and tells her she worked her magic on the dance floor and it looks perfect. Everything is going so well. <laughs> so then we go to Satine's Elephant, which is like her private apartment. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Right outside the Moulin Rouge. It's in a, a jeweled elephant. It is. is where she the lives. building is shaped like an elephant, to be clear. Yes. So... Satine takes Christian there. He's waiting as she changes into some very sexy lingerie. She has mm -hmm. like a corset and like that little rope. It's a great look. She looks amazing. Yeah, gorgeous. She asks if her, her outfit is poetic enough for him. And he's like, oh my God. Meanwhile, the theater troupe are climbing up the elephant via rope to spy on this meeting. Satine, because she thinks she's supposed to seduce this man, mm -hmm. trying to set the mood, asking him if he wants some champagne. And he's like, oh, I just, I'd rather get it over and done with. And she's like, um. okay, all right. So she goes to the bed, invites him over, and he's like, no, um, actually, I prefer to do it standing. She's like, oh, okay. There's a lot of innuendos here. Yeah. I think he says something like, oh, it's, it's quite long. Um, you you can lie down. I want you to be comfortable. But what I do is, you know, it's very modern and all this yeah. stuff. And she's like, oh, my God, what am I about to? She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So Christian starts to recite his poetry 
But Satine is trying to pose seductively. She asks if everything's all right. And he's like, uh, sometimes it takes a while for inspiration to come. And she's like, oh, let mummy help. Does that inspire you? Does she like grab his balls? Yeah. At this point? Yeah. Yeah. And she throws him on the bed and says they should make love. She starts trying to undress him. Um, this man is unwell. Oh, yeah. He is really... <laughs> He's about to bust a nut right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, a big boy. He's got huge talent. <laughs> that, Toulouse says that from the outside. He's got huge talent. He's watching from the window as she takes off his pants. It's like, oh, big boy. <laughs> it's so intense. There's just no communication happening whatsoever. Yeah. So Christian starts reciting your song. And Satine is rolling on the ground. She's like, oh, yes, yes. Because she thinks that he wants her to be seduced by his poetry. Yeah. She's like, oh, nutty words, like throwing herself about. Yeah, she's literally like banging her head on the ground, rolling around in a blanket. It's so funny. She's so good. She does a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like rolling around like, don't stop, don't stop. And then he just busts out into song. My gift is my song. Mm. And she stops dead in her tracks. And he sings your song to her. His voice is so pleasing to my ear, at least. He's very, very charming and endearing in this moment, especially. Yeah, he is. So he's singing your song to her. They end up slowly dancing around, and then we have a very, you know, surreal, dreamlike moment. They fly out of the elephant up to the clouds Ah. in the sky. You know, he's dancing around in the rain, which is just glitter. It's just glitter falling down. Uh, He has an umbrella. It's very, you know, singing in the rain. Mm -hmm. We see the moon in the background has a mustache and is singing backup. (laughs) You know, Christian ends up holding on to the corner of like the Eiffel Tower because they're like right at the tip of it in the clouds and they basically just you know do this beautiful dance together he sings the gorgeous ending notes it's very grand and then they twirl they end up back in the elephant Mm -hmm. Satine is in shock she's like I can't believe it I'm in love I'm in love with a handsome young talented duke and he's like Duke. She's like, oh, not that not that the title matters. He's like, I'm not a Duke. You're you're not a Duke? I'm a writer. And it's like Oh no. Cut the cameras. Oh no. Cut the cameras. She's like, I gotta fucking go. Fuck off, bitch. (laughs) Fuck off. Yeah. So she puts the pieces together that, you know, he's not the Duke. He's actually one of Toulouse's talented, charmingly bohemian, tragically impoverished protégés. So it seems like she's she's been involved with some of these men before. Certainly. She's like, another one. Mm-hmm. Another one. Yeah. Yes. So what should happen? But Satine goes to get Christian out, who's already there. The fucking Duke. He already arrived. So she's like, you better fucking hide. Hide, bitch. <laughs> and he hides away in her robe. Like the floor-length robe that she's wearing with her lingerie, yeah. just see fully see-through, see-through. lace, lace. <laughs> <laughs> and she thanks the Duke for taking time out of his schedule to meet with her. And Christian does manage to crawl behind the drink cart, and the Duke is like, "Let me pour you some champagne." And so the team's like, 
No. Um, no. She tries to create this diversion by like dancing around, but he keeps turning back. He's like, I, I would like to pour you some <laughs> champagne, miss. Drink the champagne. Yeah. So finally, she decides to steal Christian's lyrics, also known as Alton John's lyrics, yeah. <laughs> um, and sings to distract the Duke. Christian is like feeding her the lines because yeah. she's like, what the fuck are you, am I supposed to say? She is kneeling in front of the Duke and she's like, I don't have much money, but boy, if I did, I'd buy a big house where we both could live. And then like pushes his legs aside to be face to face with Christian and is like, he to fucking leave. Mm-hmm. So Christian is on his way out and she, you know, resumes her song to the Duke. He is fully awestruck, twinkle in his eye. Yeah. It's a done deal. And she's like, it's the lyrics from Spectacular Spectacular. They're about to kiss. Christian is about to leave. He opens the door, but the henchman is standing right outside. Uh, He can't go yet. Yeah. So he slams the door behind him. The Duke turns to look, but Satine screams, no, and just throws herself on the bed. And she's like, don't toy with my emotions, Duke. You have no idea the effect you have on women. Just like fully going off. And then she's like, let's make love and pulls him on top of her, keeps signaling for Christian to like get the fuck out of here Mm -hmm. but he's looking at her he does not want her to have sex with the Duke yes Uh, she's like okay fine she's like no we'll wait we have to wait until opening night to make love the bind that this woman is getting herself in yeah so she's like we'll have to wait but we'll see each other every day in rehearsal good night dear Duke shoves him out of her room oh my gosh so back alone with Christian Satine starts (laughs) I forgot the term. It's tearing you a new one. I was going to yeah. say drilling him a new one. <laughs> <laughs> but Satine gets so overwhelmed that she faints straight into his arms. And Christian just tries to place her on her bed because she is unconscious. Mm-hmm. But the dew comes back in and sees Christian on top of Satine. Yeah. So Satine comes to and she's like... No, no, no. Christian is the writer of the show. We were just rehearsing. And the Duke is like, you expect me to believe that shit? But luckily, Toulouse has been waiting outside this whole time, eavesdropping. Yeah. So they immediately come in and they're like, oh, yes. um, Ready for rehearsal. Do, do, do. do, uh." (laughs) And then Ziedler spots this whole fucking mess from his telescope and he rushes over. Yes, so Satine explains to the Duke that he filled her with such inspiration that she had to call an emergency rehearsal. The Duke is like, well, if this is a rehearsal, where is Zidler? Of course, this is when he busts in, immediately about to apologize for Toulouse interrupting Mm -hmm. their moment. When Satine is like, oh, Harold, good thing you made it. You're here for the emergency rehearsal. (laughs) The Duke is already such a fan of our new writer's work. That's why he's so keen to invest. Wink, wink, fucking bitch, get on board. (laughs) And Zidler's like, invest, amazing. (laughs) Come to my office, we'll drop the paperwork. And the Duke is like, well, what's the story? If I'm going to invest, I need to know the story. So they give him the pitch. And Christian is like, the story is about love overcoming all obstacles. It's set in for, uh, and he doesn't want to use France because he's literally making this up on the spot. He's like, India, and there's a beautiful courtesan, but her kingdom has been invaded by an evil Maharaja. 
And in order to save her kingdom, she has to seduce him. But on the night of the seduction, she mistakes a penniless sitar player for him and falls in love with him. Mm. So the sitar player and the courtesan have to hide their love affair. And the sitar is magical. Oh, yes, it's magical (laughs) and only speaks the truth. So he gives the game away. Oh, no. Ziedler says the show will be magnificent, opulent, tremendous, stupendous, gargantuan, bedazzlement, a sensual ravishment. <laughs> a sensual ravishment. Like, oh my he God. Is He's like so good. Freaking out, yeah. <laughs> it will be spectacular, spectacular. No words in the vernacular. I could like fucking recite this whole thing <laughs> word for this word. This is actually not a movie podcast this week. This is Christina um, doing a one woman. <laughs> <laughs> this is me living my fantasy of being in this movie and in this show that I never will be able to. Actually, Christina has only made this podcast to gain enough popularity for everyone to <laughs> see her one woman show of Mulan Rouge. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yep. You caught me. You caught, you caught me. me. Christine is sitting here with half of her face is like painted like Ziedler. Oh my gosh. The other half is Satin. And then in the back of her head, it's Christian. I do want to do um, the the red blue filter on TikTok. I want to do that with like something from this movie. I think it would be so funny. Yeah. But yeah, so they go into their, their pitch song, Spectacular, Spectacular. Truly the best elevator pitch I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We get a little taste of everything that's in the show. They're just fucking pulling this off on the fly. And the Duke is like, but what happens in the end? So they set the scene. Ooh. The courtesan and sitar man are pulled apart by evil plan. But in the end, she hears his song. And their love is just too strong. And then the Duke. <laughs> I hate his singing voice so he much. Sucks. I hate the Duke. He's like, it's a little bit funny, this feeling inside. And they're like, ah. Anyways, back to it. So the sitar's secret song helps them escape. And he's like, and in the end, should someone die? Ooh. And they're like, so exciting. The audience will stop and cheer. Go right back into it. Yeah. So they have the grand finale. They look at the Duke and he's like, generally, I like it. So he's in. The show Yay. is happening, baby. I love their little song. They're like, so excited. Da, 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 da. So yeah. inviting. People. It will run for 50 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we get a voiceover from Christian, our lovely narrator. And he just talks about how Ziedler has an investor and the Bohemians have a show. So the Bohemians revel in a celebration party. Meanwhile, Christian tries to work, tries to write the script, but all he can think of is the one and only Satine. Yes. So she's in her elephant. She's looking out the window because Christian lives right across the street. Mm -hmm. She's thinking about him. She's hearing, you know, the plot to the show in her head. And she sings, one day I'll fly away. Great song beautiful moment mm-hmm. you know she wants to she wants to escape she wants a different life for herself obviously being a courtesan at the moulin rouge is not 
what she wants. She has bigger dreams. She has different aspirations. There's so much longing in this movie. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, she slowly builds the song as she walks up the staircase to the roof of the elephant. And that's when he decides he must see her. So she finishes the song. She's sitting down and he appears behind her and he's like, I just wanted to thank you for getting me the job. And she's like, well, Toulouse was right. You're very talented. And she's about to leave when he asks her to wait. And he's like, so before, you know, when you, you thought I was the Duke and you said you loved me, Mm -hmm. was that just an act? And she's like, of course, of course it was. Don't lie to yourself, lady. Yeah. So she says that she's a courtesan and she's paid to make men believe what they want to hear from her. And Christian's like, I figured it was too good to be true. You could never be in love with someone like me. But Satine's like, I can't love. Christian's like, oh, that's terrible. That's tragic. And she says that living on the street is what's terrible. You know, she's like, got to put the financial needs above my emotional needs. And he starts singing love songs, a.k.a. Elephant Love Medley, to her while she duets with him about how she doesn't love. He sings Up Where We Belong. (laughs) Oh, my God. While she tries to get him down from the roof, which he has climbed up on. So (laughs) eventually they make it back to the room um, where they first met with that beautiful heart-shaped window and they feel the electricity of their love all over again oh yeah they sing um i will always love you there i there are so many moments i could literally sing this whole thing by myself and she is no. <laughs> um but one of our friends nora we both love this movie so whenever we would watch it obviously we're singing along to every moment and the first time we watched it together we figured out that she naturally was singing Christian's part in mm-hmm. Elephant Love Medley, and I was naturally singing Satine's. It worked out great because perfect. Oh, it's so good. There are so many quick little moments. They sang like "Heroes" by David Bowie. I was made for loving you. Like, uh, oh, it's it's beautiful. It's so good. Yeah, and they're like the tension when they do these duets. It's like constantly mm. building. It's such a palpable performance and it's very cheeky and self-aware it's like taking all these cliches and it it is like kind of poking fun at love and it's showing this like extreme Mm -hmm. grand moment i mean i think that this movie at its core is about a first love yeah even though it's very tragic but it is a first love yeah it's because for both of them like she's never been in love he's never been in love which is a really interesting like twist Mm -hmm. to it that they're both really new to something they're experiencing it together for the first time totally totally and it it takes all of those extremes that you feel when you're in love for the first time Mm -hmm. and pushes it 17 times further yeah so the next scene is the duke having a meeting with siddler and he says that the show it's going to cost him a lot of money to, you know, completely renovate the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. It's a big investment. So in return, he requires a contractual obligation that binds Satine to him exclusively. Doesn't seem uh, relevant, personally. He also requires the deed 
to the Moulin Rouge for security. And if there are any shenanigans, his manservant, Warren, Mm. will deal with it because Satine will be his. And he's – oh, my God. This man is so vile. He's like, I'm not – a jealous man. I just don't like other people touching my things. Gag me. You are a disgusting little man. A disgusting, despicable little man. A nasty, nasty little man. Literally. <laughs> He's so, so vile. vile. I fucking jinx. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. Like, because not only is his demeanor vile, right? He also has this, like, mm-hmm gross little mustache yeah his singing voice the way he carries himself is like such an incel little slug yeah like he doesn't have the confidence and sex appeal to actually or even just like people skills to actually get a woman no so instead he relies on his money and being a fuck a fucking freakazoid yeah Zidler, you know, being uh, the pimp that he is, yeah, says pimp. that he understands completely and signs the papers, just selling off Satine to him. Zidler has the money to turn the Moulin Rouge into the theater, and the Duke says that he plans to seduce Satine that night. Wow. So we go into the Moulin Rouge. They are starting their renovations on the theater. As Zidler is giving his speech to the whole company, a wrecking ball crashes through (laughs) the side of the building. And they're like, okay, let's get to work. So we get this intense montage of the rehearsals. Christian writing about how Satine evaded all of the Duke's supper invitations. And we see her hanging out with the Bohemians and Christian um, laying out the ending of the play where the courtesan breaks the sitar player's heart to save him. And he throws money at her feet. And he says, thank you for curing me of my ridiculous obsession with love. (sighs) Satine says a life without love is terrible. And they start canoodling. Yeah, they're like, we're going to fuck right now, Toulouse. You better move it or lose it, buddy. (laughs) And the magical sitar says, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Magical sitar played by Toulouse. And the Duke constantly interrupts Satine and Christian rehearsing with like various activities. He's like, oh, I thought we could have a picnic. Oh, I thought we could catch butterflies. I don't... You play some racquetball or something. Racquetball, yeah. (laughs) So Gene's like, "Uh, we're rehearsing. Are you fucking joking? Lips red. Yeah. (laughs) Red from fucking making out. So we see the show in rehearsals, the theater being transformed. And Christian says, for try as the Duke may, it was too easy for them to invent reasons to be alone together to avoid him. So as rehearsal is happening... Satine is sitting with the Duke, and Christian literally comes over, fucking brazen. Really bold. Makes plans with Satine to meet up in private right in front of him. He's like, um, excuse me, Satine, I was working on the Will the Lovers Be Meeting at the Sitar Player's Humble Abode scene. And, uh, Insane. Was, <laughs> was wondering if we could go up. over it together. <laughs> and uh, the Duke is like, but my sweet, we had plans. And she's like, this is the most important scene in the whole production. The lovers will be meeting at the sitar player's humble abode scene, will be worked on tonight until I am 
completely satisfied. They are going to have sex. Yeah. Christian's like, sorry, bud. (laughs) Deal with it. Sorry about that. Yeah. So Christian and Satine then sneak off together to make out like in the hallway at this at the theater. They're getting too comfortable. Duke is sitting right there. He goes to complain to Zidler about how he feels that Satine's affections are waning. And if she doesn't come to his dinner in the Gothic Tower tonight, then he is leaving. Mm. He's about to turn around, literally see Christian and Satine making out when Zidler stops him. And he's like, absolutely, I will insist that Satine take the night off and she'll go to your dinner. Meanwhile, Satine and Krishna are like, hee, 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 giggling, giggling. And she's like, I'll see you tonight, 8 o'clock. And then he scampers off, completely covered in her lipstick. So Satine goes to her dressing room and Zidler comes upstairs to give her the business. Mm-hmm. Listen, the Jew holds the deed to the Moulin Rouge. He says that he gave her a beautiful new dressing room um, and he wants to make her a star. But meanwhile, she's dallying with the writer. And Satine is like, that's not true. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Zedler's like, I saw you a moment ago. Yeah. But a moment ago. (laughs) And Satine says it's nothing. And he forces her to tell Christian that it's over and that the Duke is expecting her at 8 p.m. So Satine feels awful. She thinks about Christian and sings, If I Should Die. Oh, my gosh. In Christian's voiceover, he talks about how Satine, however, had fallen ill with something much stronger than love because she is having, you know, a a flare-up of her illness that we have been seeing Mm -hmm. this whole movie. That night, the Duke... Christian, they're waiting for her, but Satine doesn't show. She's like fully passed out, mm-hmm. coughing up blood. Yeah. The doctor's like, the soonest she will be like awake and like conscious will be tomorrow morning. So the Duke is about to leave. He's fed up, and Zidler tries to stop him. He won't listen, and he just yells, She's confessing. Oh my God. What? <laughs> He says that Satine has gone to church to confess for her sins because she wants to absolve herself of her former life because she looked upon tonight as her wedding night. Zedler, you're getting yourself in too deep. <laughs> yep. You are getting yourself in too deep. Oh my gosh. And he says that he makes her feel like a virgin. Touched for the very first time. <laughs> like a virgin. <laughs> yeah, he he first starts off really just that exercise we have to do in college where they make you speak your song as a monologue. That is what he is doing. <laughs> oh my gosh, not to go on tangent, but I did um, watch the first episode of Barry the other day. Mm. Have you ever seen it? It's Bill Hader, right? Yes. And it's like he's an assassin. He falls in love with acting. He wants to pursue acting. Mm -hmm. They have a fucking scene that takes place in an acting class. And I was like, I literally like shed a couple tears just because I was like, this is so fucking um, toxic. (laughs) And it reminded me of my education. Oh, my gosh. I saw a tweet like a few weeks ago that was like, if you ever had to perform your song as a monologue, you are entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, yeah, Zidler sings 
like a virgin. Uh, it's pretty fucking wild. The waiters immediately jump in. I believe in my notes, I wrote, <laughs> why do a live action be our guest when this exists? <laughs> it also reminded me actually of in Annie when she gets mm. to the Warbucks mansion. Yeah, yeah. And they do that whole song, yeah. But he puts a tablecloth on as a veil. There's like... There's so much in this scene, but it's great. He gives an amazing performance. It's super campy, super all over the place. Yeah. The Duke is fully convinced that, you know, Satine is just trying to cleanse her sins to be his bride. So the story resumes. Christian writes about how Ziedler's lies have once again averted disaster, but no lie, however brilliant, could save Satine. <gasps> so Ziedler checks on Satine. The doctor informs him that she is dying. And Ziedler tells Marie, the woman who has been like taking care of her when she has her bouts, that she cannot know. The show must go on. It's so weird how consumption, it sounds like a romantic disease to die. Of. Like she died of consumption. But I'm like, it's tuberculosis yeah that's not a fun one that's not that's not fun yeah <laughs> yeah so the next morning satine is in christian's room while he's you know typing away we hear his voiceover where he talks about how this is the first time he felt the cold stab of jealousy so he asks why she didn't come over last night and she reminds him that she was sick and he tells her that she doesn't have to lie. She was sick. She's done been yeah, sick. She, You've never noticed yeah. that she's coughing up blood? Are you kidding? She's fainting all the time. None of this rings a bell. She, you could practically see through her skin. Yeah. So Satine tells Christian that they have to end their little affair, that everyone knows, and sooner or later the Duke will find out. And she's going to have to sleep with him on opening night, and the jealousy will drive Christian mad. Mm-hmm. But he does not want to let her go. He's like, I-, I won't be jealous. I'll be fine. I will I will write a song and we'll put it in the show. And no matter what happens, when you hear the song or Aww. when you sing it or when you hum it, you'll know that it means that we love each other and I won't get jealous. And she insists that they have to end it. But then he starts singing, oh, one of my favorite songs of all time, Come What May. The original song in this film. Yeah. Uh, it was originally written for Boslerman's Romeo and Juliet, which is why it was not eligible to be nominated for Best Original Song in uh, the Oscars, which that is sucks. a shame because it is an amazing song. It's truly beautiful. So they sing Come What May. We see them putting the scene into the show. The lovers sing their duet on a picnic with the Duke nearby in rehearsal. And they continue their affair in Christian's apartment. Um, they sing in the theater. Yeah, just fully like looking directly into each other's eyes, singing this yeah, duet. Very passionately. Yeah, it's beautiful. There's lots of really just like great, gentle shots of their faces, just mm-hmm. lovingly looking at each other. So after the song is over, you know, they're working with Toulouse, trying to get him to remember his one fucking line in the whole show. And that's when Nini, one of the dancers at the Moulin Rouge, mm-hmm. goes up to the Duke and she's like, this ending silly. Why would the courtesan go for the penniless writer? Whoops. 
I mean, sitar player. Bitch. Oh my god. Are you fucking like, kidding why? me? Like, why? Why? Things, okay, I will say if she hadn't said that, things still would have been bad. Like, yeah. Satine would have still had to marry him. Or at least sleep with him, at the very least, but. I think that they would have had to be married, because, see, there's like, she looks upon this night as her wedding night. Once the the show is over and the contract is up, she's not bound to him anymore, mm. legally. Although, I don't know, you know, uh, legally, if you can buy a woman I don't really know what the what the slavery laws were in France in uh, 1899. Because <laughs> it does sound like even – I guess they did want to run away before the show, but I feel like if they waited mm. until after, the Duke would still be like, yeah, we're going to kill this guy. Yeah, probably. They can't end good. Yeah, but Nini for some reason decides to blow up their spot. I mean, I, the only really rationale would be that she's jealous. Yeah. Or she's just evil, but that's not as interesting. Um, so yeah, the Duke has finally realized what is going on. They rehearse the final scene of the show where, you know, the whole company sings, come what may, the lovers are together. It ends and he just goes, I don't like this ending. Why would the courtesan choose a penniless sitar player over the Maharaja who is offering a lifetime of security? That's real love. Once the sitar player has satisfied his lust, he will leave the courtesan with nothing. That was a really good impression. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm an actor, so... <laughs> uh, he suggests that the courtesan ends up with the Maharaja. And Toulouse is like, I mean, that doesn't really fit with, you know, the bohemian ideals, like our whole manifesto. It's not really what it's about. So the Duke gets increasingly angry and he's like, why shouldn't the courtesan choose the Maharaja? And Christian's like, because she doesn't love you. <gasps> uh, uh, him. She doesn't love him. Oh, that answer was God. way too quick. That answer was way too quick, Christian. Yep. Give it some airtime, some breathing room. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. So the Duke tells Ziedler the ending will be rewritten his way and without the lover's secret song. It will be rehearsed in the morning, ready before opening night. Ziedler tries to argue, but Satine actually steps in and says yeah. that the Duke is being treated appallingly. These silly riders let their imaginations run away with them. Why don't we have a little supper and afterwards we can let Ziedler know how we would prefer the story to end. And she gets close to him and like mm -hmm. is, you know, insinuating that. They're, they're together. There's nothing else here. The silly writer, it's all in his head. Yeah. I I really love Nicole's performance in this moment. Just like so calm. Yeah. Fully takes charge and she's Sets like the tone. sauntering over. It's, it's really great. I think she plays this kind of like, I mean, diva is not the right word, but this very like commanding woman very well. Yeah. So after rehearsal, Christian finds Satine and oh my god, just very sadly, very quietly is like, I don't want you to sleep with him. Oh. She's like, I'm doing this for us. She reminds him that he promised he wouldn't be jealous and uh, he doesn't want to let her go. So she hugs him and she sings Come What May in his ear. Oh. So she leaves to go meet the Duke. 
Christian writes about how Satine went to the Duke to save them and they could do nothing but wait. Yeah, she shows up to this dinner in this all black outfit. She has like a veil on, very much a morning look, like in morning, not yeah. morning time. Yeah. Morning for her life. Yes, yes. And in the theater, Nini mocks Christian and he she's like, Don't worry, Shakespeare. You'll get your ending once the Duke gets his ending. Oh. <laughs> and the Argentinian tells him never to fall for someone who sells themselves. It's getting fucking beat up out here. Yeah. The Argentinian goes to the floor. He talks about how they have a dance in the brothels of Buenos Aires. It tells the story of a prostitute. Dun-dun. Lights up on Nini. And a man who falls in love with her. Just like full body chills already. Mm-hmm. First, there is desire. They're like doing this whole dance throughout. Then passion. Then suspicion. Jealousy. Anger. Betrayal. Where love is for the highest bidder, there can be no trust. With no trust, there is no love. Jealousy will drive you mad. Roxanne! Oh, it's so good. They sing El Tango Roxanne. It's this very, like, saucy, spicy, mm-hmm. dark tango. Nini is dancing with the Argentinian with all these other men. And it really parallels, like, the moment that Satine um, and the Duke are having on their, like, date. Because it's, like, mm-hmm. one move, this move. Like, it's, yeah. like, a back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sad, sad Christian He's singing along, you know, thinking about the Duke touching Satine, you know, looking at her, kissing her. He can't stand it. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to put the the clip in from the song so I don't literally sing this whole thing. It's very dramatic. Uh, I one time was like running to this when I was at the gym. Oh, wow. Never run faster or harder in my entire life. Good for you. Yeah. (laughs) So the Duke tells Satine that when the production succeeds, she'll no longer be a can-can dancer, but an actress. He will make her a star. He then presents her with an insane necklace like yeah fucking diamonds on diamonds it's like a whole collar it covers like her whole neck yeah it's actually the most expensive necklace that has ever been used on film really it's real Mm -hmm. holy shit what is it even from did they buy it or did they just get it on loan or i assumed it was i assume it was on loan. right probably cost like millions and millions of dollars uh but they did have um a stand-in necklace for when he like rips the clasp off yeah they have to oh my gosh yeah but no that that necklace is real wow i would be afraid to even wear that absolutely and he says a gift from this maharaja to his courtesan then she asks about the ending of the show, and he says, Ziedler can keep his fairy tale ending. Meanwhile, Christian is walking through the streets. He watches as the Duke kisses Satine's neck. And Satine, in that moment, looks down and sees him 
and sings come what may and tells the Duke no. And he sees Christian down below (sighs) and she tries to leave and he follows her back inside and he grabs, it's actually very graphic. Yeah. Um, He grabs her wrists, forcing her to the ground. He says that she made him believe he loved her and rips the necklace from her neck and he starts chasing her around the dining room. He throws her on the ground. It's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. But luckily, one of the dancers, Le Chocolat, the one who caught her from the swing, actually, mm-hmm. knocks the Duke out to save Satine. I had like, I don't know how I had forgotten it because I, it in my memory, I'd always remembered it as like the Duke had assaulted her. I forgot that Chocolat like shows up at the last second. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's it's pretty hard to watch. It's really awful. It's it's horrible. It's terrifying. Yeah, definitely um, not what I expected. I thought it was going to be like, mm-hmm. oh, fuck, you are in love with him. And it's like a bad financial moment. He pulls out mm-hmm. of the play. like, But he's just like, no, I'm actually a really bad person. Yeah, I mean, there's so much just like rage festering in that man. He is a sickness Yeah, in his body. He is bad vibes all over yeah because at first you kind of think like oh like he's just like kind of a he's kind of a fool Mm -hmm. and like whatever but there's a very real violence yeah that lives in him yeah and it's really dark so now that he's knocked out satine escapes her and Chocola go over to Christian's apartment. She immediately starts crying and runs into his arms and says that she couldn't go through with it. Mm. She couldn't pretend. And the Duke saw. And he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Let's just run away together. We'll get out of here. She's like, what about the show? He's like, I don't care. None of that matters as long as we have each other. And she agrees. So he tells Chocola to bring Satine back into the Moulin Rouge so no one sees her. So she can get her stuff from the dressing room and he's going to pack as well. So meanwhile, while Satine and Christian are hatching this whole plan, the Duke calls in Ziedler and he tells her to get Satine. The show will be going on with his ending or Christian will be killed. That menacing henchman with the giant scar on his face does, in fact, have a gun. Mm -hmm. So Zidler then goes to Satine's dressing room where she's packing her stuff. She's like, don't even talk to me. I'm leaving. And he's like, the Duke is going to kill Christian if you don't do his ending and sleep with him tomorrow night. Heartbreaking. Satine says that he can't scare them. She starts putting on her jacket to leave and says that she's spent her whole life convinced by him that she's only worth as much as someone is willing to pay for her and now she is leaving the moulin rouge for good that's tragic oh yeah horrible it's like they do she does have a relationship with Siedler, but Mm -hmm. at the same time she's like like this isn't what i want to do like i don't feel good doing this Mm -hmm. and i don't feel like i have self-worth right now so it's really sad absolutely i think that that's why she was drawn to christian because that is the first time that a man has shown genuine interest in her as a person rather than her as a body yeah totally especially when she says like my whole life like she insinuates that you know she was raised here like in this world completely yeah i can't even imagine the trauma that she's had to endure Mm -hmm. that's the thing with the love story with christian like we do see the chemistry and we see that they fall for each other 
we don't get a lot of like as to why they do, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I really need that because it also it is a first love and I feel like sometimes that just it happens and it's hard to quantify and explain why it does but it does yeah and there was something in each of them that the other one needed so I don't really mind that we don't get a ton of like development on why yeah I agree yeah so Zidler then tells Satine that she's dying Uh. she doesn't believe him at first but Marie confirms it so this you know changes everything for her Mm -hmm. Zidler tells her to send Christian away to save him. She says that he's going to fight for her, but Zidler says that she has to make him believe that she doesn't love him. She is an actress. Like, this is the hardest role she'll ever have to play, but she has to hurt him to save him. Ah. And he says that the show must go on. It's tragic. It's so sad. It's like, this is all that they can do. This is all that they can do at this point. Yeah. So Zidler walks through the theater. He says, another hero, another mindless crime behind the curtain in the pantomime and sings, the show must go on. The crew members join in. Satine has to get ready to break Christian's heart. She sings her verse knowing that this is what she has to do. She walks out of the theater, has one last look at Zidler, and goes to his apartment. That song is so sad to me because they're like Mm -hmm. just being like, we're actors. All we can do is have the show go on. But yeah, it's, it's it's a very powerful and very sad moment. Yeah, absolutely. So Christian is waiting for Satine in his apartment, bags completely packed, when she arrives and tells him, that the Duke has offered her everything she's ever dreamed of, and she's decided to stay with him. And she tells him that the Duke's one condition is that she can never see him again. Christian is shocked. He's confused. He doesn't understand the change that happened since he last saw Satine. And she says the difference between them is that he can leave whenever he wants. But the Moulin Rouge is her home. She also starts to feel faint. Christian doesn't believe her. He keeps asking her to tell the truth. And she says that the truth is she is the Hindu courtesan and she chooses the Maharaja. That's how the story really ends. Oh my gosh. She's like coughing blood while being like, never see me again to her lover. It's so sad. Hearts break across the world. Mm Mm-hmm. It rains, it pours, there's a storm. Christian stands outside the Moulin Rouge, screaming Satine's name. She doesn't come. He ends up getting the shit kicked out of him Mm -hmm. by, like, the bouncers. They throw him into the street in the rain. Yeah. Toulouse and the company um, take him to bed. They lay him down. In the morning, Toulouse tries to comfort Christian, and he tells him that things aren't always as they seem. He may only see him as a drunken, vice-ridden gnome whose friends are just pimps and girls from the brothels, but he knows about art and love, if only he longs for it with every fiber of his being. And he tells Christian that he knows Satine loves him. Christian is extremely upset. He tells him to go away, and Toulouse stays because he knows that Christian's really hurt, but Christian screams at him to leave 
And in a voiceover, we hear that he wanted to shut out Toulouse, but he filled him with a doubt. And there was only one way to be sure. Just when you Ugh. think it's over, he fucking gets reeled back in. Yeah. So Christian sells his typewriter for cash and returns to the Moulin Rouge one last time. Spectacular, spectacular opening night. It's happening. Christian sneaks into the Moulin Rouge. When Satine comes on stage, she like coughs and is like very close to collapsing, but she rallies. She carries on with the show. In between scenes, Marie gives Satine some medicine. I don't really know exactly what it is. It's probably like speed or something. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's when Warren, the henchman, mm -hmm. spots Christian sneaking around backstage and goes up to Zidler and is like, the boy is here. He's come to the theater. And Zidler's like, no, but she sent him away. It's really intense. Backstage, Christian goes to see Satine and he says he's come to pay his bill. And she tells him that he shouldn't be there and starts heading off to the stage Toulouse is trying to get to Christian to warn him, but he has all these mishaps happening. He like gets pulled up um, into the like upper mm -hmm. area of the theater yeah. on the catwalk. It's like everything that goes wrong is happening. Yeah, because he heard uh, Warren say that like he was going to kill Christian. Mm -hmm. and that, he realized like, oh, that's why she sent him away, blah, 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 the whole thing. Yeah. So Christian stops the teen and says that she made him believe she loved him. He should pay her. He's kind of being, like, awful. Oh, yeah. Here, let me pay you. He's trying to call her bluff and force her hand. Yeah. But in the process is saying, like, some fucking rough stuff, especially yeah. since we know that she loves him. Yeah. Satine cannot cut, get a fucking break out here. I know. So Marie is trying to get Satine on stage, but Christian just, like, won't let her go. He's like, you lied to me. I should pay you like everybody else does. Like, let me, you know, pay my bill. <sighs> and she tells him that there's no point and he should leave. And she's literally running away from him. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get him to leave to save his life. Yeah. And that's when she sees Warner with his gun. So she keeps telling him, like, you need to get out of here. He won't listen. They're, like, struggling back and forth. Warner is literally about to shoot him when the prop door on stage opens up the audience sees mm -hmm. christian and satine struggling with the money back and forth and she's crying and he's screaming like tell me you don't love me tell me you don't love me yes and at this point they're literally on the stage so we see the show from the perspective of the audience member ziedler covers up this unexpected twist and he's like Oh, uh, without the mustache and the hat, I can st still see this is the same penniless sitar player from before. <laughs> and Christian walks the teen to center stage and says, this woman is yours now. I've paid my whore and I owe you nothing. You mean nothing to me. Thank you for curing me of my ridiculous obsession with love. Oh and he walks off stage Satine is left heartbroken. At that moment, as Christian is walking down the aisle to leave the theater from the fucking barracks of the stage, <laughs> um, Toulouse does manage to 
get in his line. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Christian stops in the aisle. Satine gets up. She starts singing, Come What May. He keeps walking at first, but she starts to sing louder. He stops, turns back to her. She cries and, like, sings her heart out to him, like, with the very few last breaths she has on this earth. Puts everything into this song. He starts singing back to her. She walks to the end of the stage as he walks up the aisle and they meet. The Duke is seething. Oh, yeah. Boiling over in the audience. Warner is about to shoot them when Toulouse comes swinging in on a rope, hits him, the gun goes flying on stage, and he screams, They're trying to kill you! He's got a gun! Oh. And the audience laughs because they think that, like it's a part of the show, but there is a very real gun on stage. It's real, it's not a problem. And a very real assassin hiding in the wings. Yes. So chaos ensues, the dancers run around, the gun goes flying, and we go into the show must go on, slash freedom, beauty, truth, and love, slash come what may. Warner joins uh, the band on the tambourine while trying to get his gun. (laughs) Okay, okay, henchman, number one. It's so, so farcical. Yeah. And one of the dancers drops a sandbag on him just before he shoots. I I love it. I love the chaos on stage. (laughs) The Duke is exiting the theater when the gun lands in front of him. And he picks it up and he runs up the aisle yelling, my way. My way. (laughs) When Ziedler punches him and the gun goes flying out the window through the air, fucking hits the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) The song ends. The curtain falls. Standing ovation from the audience. Yeah, brilliant. So the show ends. Satine, Christian, they hug. They're like, I can't believe we did it. She has a gasp. (gasps) We see that foreboding shot we saw earlier in the movie. Oh, no. Her head raised. She faints. Christian catches her and he yells, someone get a doctor. Satine tells Christian that she's dying Uh, and she apologizes. He's like totally in shock. Like what the fuck is happening? mm -hmm. And she just asks him to hold her. Oh, he's crying. She's crying. I'm crying. We're crying. Yeah. He says that he loves her and she tells him that he has to go on. He has so much to give. Mm -hmm. She wipes away his tears and tells him to tell their story and makes him promise that he will. He sobs. He says, yes, they have one final kiss. Satine dies. Uh, A just gut-wrenching, heartbreaking sob emerges from Christian. mm -hmm. Everyone is in silence. We pan out to the audience where they're cheering. The juxtaposition between what's actually happening and the audience being like, this is the best show I've ever seen. It's so, it's so sad. Performers really go out there and put their life on the motherfucking line every day. Yeah. It's absolutely devastating to watch it. I've seen this a million times. It catches me off guard every single time. Mm -hmm. So 
from that moment, we go to present day. So days turned into weeks, weeks turned into months. And then one so not very special day, uh, Christian finally goes to his typewriter and sits down to write their story. A story about a time, a story about a place, a story about people, but above all things, a story about love, a love that will live forever, the end. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. The curtain falls. We see the conductor fade to black. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This movie is, I really recommend just seeing it because Mm. to get the full effect, you have to see the visuals. Absolutely. It's, there's so much visual storytelling that's happening. It's so meta too. It's it is a play within a play, mm-hmm. and I think they do it wonderfully. I did write an essay about Baz Luhrmann when I was you did that a young eighteen year old in uh, in college, and um, I did read it back the other day. <laughs> There's some things that I'm like, oh god, I would I would do some edits on this, but. Mm-hmm. Basically, in it, I talked about how Boz, Boz, as if I'm like on a first name basis. My like, buddy. Yeah, Bean. good old Boz uh, <laughs> loves to play with uh, the tension between extremes. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie is about taking that concept of a first love, taking it to its furthest extreme, not only in the story, but in the visual storytelling. It's externalizing all of those tumultuous feelings when you're up, you're down, you're overwhelmed, you're swept up in this thing you've never felt before, mm-hmm. telling that story through the costuming, through the like quick edits, keeping you on your toes with what you're seeing visually, while also giving you this melodramatic, fantastical storyline yeah. about two people who, against all odds, have found this very genuine love together. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I loved I loved the songs. Like I thought I've, mm-hmm. the casting was incredible. Yeah. So talented. The chemistry between Satine and Christian and also Ziedler being the like very necessary, not the fairy godmother, but like a little bit of that, mm-hmm. a little bit of like... The, the like mentor kind yeah, of mentor. role, yeah. And... Above all for me, what I was going to say really like struck me about the movie is just the love story. Like at its core, it is a love story and all of the driving, like what really emoted, emoted, made me feel emotional rather mm-hmm. is that tension between Christian and Satine, that first love, mm-hmm. wanting to be together, not being able to be together, the sneaking around, uh, this fucking insane ending where she dies and makes him promise to tell her story like Mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of seeing it just like a really true love story yeah i think it's always refreshing to see a film that has a really distinct point of view yeah that takes risks stylistically even though they might not appeal to everyone it certainly appeals to me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it immensely. I know a lot of people will get like overwhelmed watching this movie or they'll kind of feel sick because it's it can be overwhelming. But I I have so much respect for somebody who has developed such a distinct style. Yeah. And has really dived into this niche. And it's really interesting to see kind of his progression from like 
Romeo and Juliet to this to then The Great Gatsby, mm-hmm. how he plays with that style. I love how he'll take these kind of older stories and then always put in modern flourishes. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, he uses the Shakespearean language, but it's set in 1996 in California. This movie, we're set in, you know, turn of the century. We are hearing David Bowie, Whitney Houston, Queen, Nirvana. We have those modern flourishes. Same with Great Gatsby, set in the 20s. We have Jay-Z, Lana Del Rey. Oh my gosh, Lana Del Rey. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, and I just have a lot of respect for an artist who has a specific point of view because that's the only way to make art that means something because if it's not Mm -hmm. meaningful to you, it's not going to be meaningful to anyone else. Totally. So I have much more respect for someone who decides to make incredibly bold choices as opposed to a film that would cater to everyone. Yeah. Not to compare apples to oranges, but I mean, we talked about burlesque last week. Mm -hmm. Amazing actors – amazing like performances throughout but like the artistic vision and direction wasn't specific enough no it wasn't there it wasn't there the writing also could have been worked on but yeah Mm. that lacked a specific vision and direction and it made the film way less interesting i agree yeah i don't know there's there's just something about this movie that really hits for me i think because i Especially when it comes to like romance and like my life, I feel like I can be quite cynical and I can be a little bit less optimistic. But watching this movie gives me two hours where I can fully just live in this like Ah. opulent, grandiose, like idealized version Mm -hmm. of love and then also sit in like the low lows of the tragedy. And it reminds me. About, oh God, I'm going to get so fucking sappy. It reminds (laughs) me of like how like beautiful love can be and how intense those feelings are. And it's a really great escape. I agree. I got to say, I've been pretty cynical in the past. I love being in love and like seeing it from my perspective now, like being in a serious relationship. I'm like, it is literally... (laughs) People are going to fucking come for me because, like, (laughs) I know people have really specific points of view, especially, like, right now in 2021, about, Mm -hmm. like, you don't need love to be happy. Like, love isn't what you need above all things. Like, people don't get married and have satisfying lives. It is an amazing feeling to love, whether it's a familial love, a friendship love, being in love with a partner. Like, love above else gives life meaning. If there is no love, like, what is the meaning? It's a gift. Yeah. Like, literally, I can't believe I'm about to quote The Bachelor, but <laughs> on The Bachelor, when when sweet Michael was talking about, you know, his wife who had oh. passed away and how he, you know, was here dating Katie, and he said, what a gift to fall in love twice. I'm going to cry. Don't say that to me. Do not say that to me. <laughs> Do not. We're like – we're like steamy after dark August, crying about love. Fucking, I need a therapist, August. <laughs> oh my oh gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. On that note, what would you rate this film? I mean, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. I knew. It's my favorite movie of all I time. Knew. Yeah. I knew it. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it's not a 10 for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the same emotional connection, and it's not really my style. I think it was an amazing movie. <sighs> an eight feels too low for how much I liked it. So I'm going to go with a nine today. Ooh. Yeah. Very nice. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I know. I think you would have been like 
heartbroken if I hated it. I was a little nervous <laughs> because it it is very polarizing. Yeah. But I, I am glad that you enjoyed it because mm-hmm. it's something that brings me joy. And when something brings me joy, I'm like, I, I want, want that joy to, to go to everybody that I love. Yeah. So We have to watch it the next time we see each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed the second installment of August After Dark. Please go watch Moulin Rouge this week. You won't regret it. Well, I mean, you might regret it if you don't like the style, but keep an open mind. If you're in the U.S., you can purchase it on um, Amazon Prime. It's the only place I found it. Yeah. If you are in Canada, you can stream it on Disney+. Plus. Ah, Lucky. Yes. Before we let you go, we just want to – let you know where you can find us, where you can follow us. You can follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can follow us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. And you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We do read our emails, guys. Um, if you want any – you want some advice, you want to just vent, send us an email and we would be happy to respond. Absolutely. And don't forget, as always, to rate, review, subscribe. If you write us a little written review on Apple Podcasts, we will give you a shout out in our next episode and pick the 2000s movie montage song for the movie of your life. Yes, ma'am. And with that, I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.